OSS Cubed. Gigantic, a monster, enormous, behemoth. The OSS Cubed gets underway on Sunday, August 14th, and it's bringing to the table a whopping $4.5 million in guarantees over four weeks. Yep, that's 4.5 million, our most exciting endeavor yet, with three massive main events. It all adds up to 141 online poker events with something for everyone. There's also a combined leaderboard that will award four all-inclusive packages, $4,900 value each, to the 2016 Punta Cana Poker Classic. And it's waiting for you at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 103 on the OneOuter.com podcast sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the adverts or one of the banners on the oneouter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on oneouter.com website and via iTunes for free. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then the best way is to email questions at oneouter.com. You can tweet them or post them in the Facebook group, but email is much preferred. Alex, how are you? It's uh, Thursday. It's that time again. We're recording another show. Um, what's been happening? Not much, man. Sipping my espresso, chilling. Uh, my mom came into town, so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm taking care of her, but she, you know, she takes care of things around the house, too, so that's kind of nice. Um, given recent developments, but there was a, yeah, it's been a, you know, it's been good. Uh, just been trying to hang out with my friends. I went to, uh, I, I went to a concert the other day and it was like one of the first like real, like thrash metal concerts that I've seen in Costa Rica. It was a band called Artillery and the flyer said 7 PM. I show up at like 7:20, and the opener, I mean, the it, they didn't even act, the opener wasn't ready so they put the main act and the main act was almost like finishing right and I paid sixty bucks for me and my buddy to get in so I had to I had to decide I was like I got twenty five minutes to get sixty bucks worth of value out of this concert so I went into the mosh pit and just trashed everyone uh, then I had a bunch of I took as many pictures as humanly possible. I tried to get a hold of the lead singer and get a picture, but uh, he he seemed very interested in getting a beer from the back. So uh, I even slapped him on the back and he just went on. That was a, that's a power move, man. You're so used to people touching you. You're just like, yep, you know, whatever. It could have been the hottest girl in the place. He doesn't know, you know. So that was fun. Other than that, I've just been doing a lot of lessons uh, been watching a bunch of baseball, reading a bit. Uh, I've been doing I've been really into the audiobooks, you know, listening to a lot of audiobooks, going to the gym quite a bit. Uh, just, you know, just kind of hanging out, cooking, uh, eating a lot, and, uh, yeah, you know, doing doing lessons, chilling. Uh, not, not really a whole lot more. Uh, you know, I, I've been kind of tied up in appointments and a lot of stuff that, you know, I was putting off till I got home, so that, that does take its time, too. But, yeah, you know, things are going pretty good. I, how things been with you? Yeah, yeah, everything's good. Just uh, I just sit around and wait until the next week to record the show with you again. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you counting your money? Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'd like to do movie reviews, but the movies I've been seeing have been like chick movies. So, you know, I, I took I took my mom to some movies she wanted to see, and they were like, uh, uh, 
they were funny, but yeah, I mean, not really stuff you'd feel worthy discussing. It was a bad moms or whatever in the world, but oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figured you'd dig that. <laughs> yeah. I went to see uh, War Dogs. Oh um, uh, yeah, I, uh, saw that. I saw that movie when I was in Pittsburgh. What did you think of it? I, I didn't think it was that great for that type of film. I've seen better. I think Lord of yeah, War is yeah. better. Oh, Lord of War is a hundred times better. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I just, I, I was, I, I just was left wanting a bit. I thought it was pretty. Yeah. The lead, the lead actor was pretty. I, I, I thought he, I thought he was pretty bad. Like I, I didn't really feel. Yeah, like, I thought he was terrible. Yeah, I didn't. I thought he was very uninteresting. And then I mean, you compared. It, it kind of sucks because you're gonna think about. Uh, you're, you're going to think about Nicolas Cage's performance, and it, of, co- of course he's a savant. He's, and it, I guess there's also a nostalgia factor. We so want a good Nicolas Cage, so you think about one of his last truly great movies. You know what I mean? It, it kind of, it, and you compare it to this, which is you know very tepid. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't think it was as bad as Wolf of Wall Street. I thought Wolf of Wall Street was really overrated. I, I did not enjoy that movie that much. But, uh, yeah, it was overrated. I read the book of that like years ago as well, and um, oh yeah, it was just overrated in terms of you know it dragged on far too long as well. For, yeah, exactly. You know, we mean, spoke about that before on an old show. Like it's yeah, it's but I mean it never gets old. Novelty. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean it was novelty. it was it was pretty cool when they go to Albania and stuff like that, and they're driving through Iraq. Like there were th- that movie had its moments, but yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it could have been a lot better. I, I was expecting a lot better from it. Yeah, know, it was. Uh, it, it was. You know, it was fine. What did you think of the Spanish chick who was supposed to be American? His wife. <laughs> like, oh yeah, she was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, know, like, I mean, I know. There's what? no way she was with that guy. You know. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No like. Uh huh. Sure. No, I mean, yeah, you, I'm, I'm sure they picked her because she's a pygmy and he's short too. So looks yeah. more like a traditional relationship. Would have been pretty funny if they picked Halle Berry. That would have been, you know, like she's <laughs> towering over him the entire, uh, the entire movie. Yeah. By the way, I saw a picture of her the other day on the news. She's 50 years old. She looks healthier and better than anyone I know. Like, how, how do they do that, dude? But yeah. Anyway, yeah, I guess she, yeah. we really LA have, lifestyle. Yeah, I, I guess it's all those hidden runs that keep you young. But yeah, anyway, we yeah. I get, we really have nothing to talk about today. So why don't we get into no, the, no, no, yeah. Me and Alex have finally exhausted over the last. Yeah. I think the first show or first interview I had, John. I think it was two thousand and eleven or ten, Jeez, end of ten or eleven. So yeah. in six years, me and Alex finally <laughs> have nothing to talk about. So, uh, without further ado, let's get on to the questions. As I say, me and Alex have uh, ran out of stuff to say to each other. The small talk's now awkward, and uh, we've had a little bit of technical difficulties as well. Maybe the earlier part of the podcast, Alex's voice, or maybe even my own. The internet wasn't great between us, but we've hopefully sorted out all now. And as me and Alex were joking, it keeps up our image of the underground, edgy crappy quality podcast so, <laughs> yeah uh, but co- content is king as they say and uh, i think our content's good so um let's get into the questions without further ado and the first one is an email from benjamin lazich and let's just read it verbatim and it is subject uh, america's card room punta cana 
poker classic. All right. Uh, hey, hey, Alex, long-time listener, first-time emailing in to you guys. Love the podcast. See, people love it. And there's, yeah, you they know, do. Shit, people love it. You know? <laughs> and um, yeah. love, love the podcast and would appreciate any advice you can give me about the following. I recently joined America's Card Room, thanks to you guys, and can't say say enough how amazing the past two months on ACR have been. Spun $50 into $4,000 playing MTTs, and have been running like God. I also took a shot at a $55 satellite to win a PCPC 2016 trip, and managed to outlast a field of 500 or so to finish in the top five for a $4,900 package to Whoa. Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. Congrats. And a $1,650 main event seat at the 500k main event in October. Awesome. Uh, completely stoked about the seven-day all-inclusive vacation, but also a bit nervous for the main event tournament. I have never played in a live tournament with a buy-in over $300. So this is a bit out of the league. What advice can you give me about what to expect and how I can best prepare for this journey and tourney of a lifetime? I consider myself a serious recreational MTT player, but still feel like I will be a fish out of water. Let me know what you think if you have the time. Thanks again, Alex and Barry, for an amazing podcast, Ben. Oh, thank you, Ben, for writing in. Uh, The first thing you need to realize is pretty much everybody is feeling the exact same way. I cannot tell you how many guys that I speak to in my in my lessons you know and I've I've talked to thousands of people now it is very rare to find a guy who feels like this is what I'm meant to do this is what I I feel like a fish in water when I play poker tournaments even myself for the first seven eight years of my career I was intensely insecure uh, about my poker play and it wasn't until I really studied the game inside and out that I really started feeling really comfortable uh, at the poker table. So now obviously you don't have enough time to get, you know, study the entire game of poker before you get there. Although if you picked up my webinars, you get pretty close. But anyway, uh, if you did get there and you're a little insecure, don't worry about that because pretty much everybody is feeling the exact same way. So yeah, the guy who's sneering as he bets, he feels that way. The, The young kid, uh, who looks like he just thinks he runs the world. He, they, they, even, even if they don't feel that way right away, usually a couple years down the line they do. So uh, there are times you will go up against a guy you feel like he's super comfortable, but a lot of these people inwardly are pretty worried uh, about what they're doing. And they're, there's a reason when you go on break, absolutely everybody is discussing poker hands. It's not because they feel contented with their play, right? It's because they really are wondering if what they're doing is right. I feel like sometimes I'm the only one who doesn't want to talk poker on my breaks. I, I want to go to the side and like lay up against the wall and take some deep breaths. Everybody else is, you know, they're, they're, they're grabbing, they're going to the bathroom, they're talking poker or whatever. Just try to take yourself a little bit out of that flow, when you get when you're on a break, just find like a nice quiet corner, pull your hoodie down, uh, try try to just get some peace, and I take a deep breath like into your like push out your stomach. That's something that's really helpful for me. Like deep get deep breaths into the gut that really seems to relax me. And uh, I think you know a lot of people like smoke weed and stuff to like relax during poker tournaments. I think uh, 
that that's that's really a bad trade-off because obviously you start missing quite a few details when you're stoned. But if you can mm-hmm. naturally bring your blood pressure down, naturally bring down your heart rate, that's really good too. So why don't you just go ahead and do that with just deep breaths, kind of keeping yourself out. Just pretend it's online poker. Uh, it sounds like you're pretty d- darn good at online poker. Just imagine like a top-down view what you would do. Um, nobody gets a live tell ever. Um, everybody who tells you they got a live tell is full of it. Because think about it, if live tells were really such a big thing, why aren't there like three or four FBI behavior specialists who are dominating live poker? Why is that, right? There are some guys that will get something, but essentially if you randomize your timing and whatnot, I mean, something a really good way to randomize your timing is uh, you look at the last card on the board and count to that many seconds before you do any bet, right? And you can times it by two on the turn, and you can times it by three on the river, right? And that'll naturally give you a pretty natural deliberation time. Usually, if I get a tell, it's just based on how quickly someone does something, because there are certain bets that usually require some thought. Like, usually when someone's bluffing, they need to think about it for a few seconds, because it's not something they normally do. Whereas when somebody has a value hand, they really quickly do it, because they kind of knew what they would do. And they're kind of hoping that people will see that and go, oh, you know, obviously he was freaked out, so he shoved his chips in. Um, And I I would just take it slow. At the beginning, you know, two pair of better poker, everybody's going to be splashing around, having a grand old time. If if you bust in this stage, by the way, it's not that uncommon. Remember, you're in Punta Cana for a week. So, I mean, if you bust the tournament, that's not really a bad thing, you know. And you got in for 50 bucks, so don't. You know, don't consider it 1650 down the drain. This is a learning experience. But try to three-bet. Try to get people heads up, especially with your big cards, especially with your suited gappers. Uh, get people heads up and take advantage of them. People raise call three-bets way too much. Uh, really focus on later on in the tournament. This, a lot of the pots are going to be one raise. And uh, when you're in the big blind, make sure you, if the guy's like 2xing it or 2.5xing it when the annies are like one-third the... If the ante, take a look at the ante structure. If the ante structure is like one sixth the small blind, you don't have to defend your big blind versus 2.5x raises that vigorously. But if it's one third, you should be defending it pretty well. And you should do some work on dog betting and check raising before you get there. Uh, just look up everything that's out there. I have a number of free articles on the topic. You can write me at alex at pokerheadrush.com. I'd be happy to send those your way. And uh, if they're just 2xing, though, regardless of the ante structure, you must defend. And there are a lot of guys in live poker that do that. Uh, and uh, I find uh, uh, everybody's biggest leak right now is they open way too many hands. Uh, early position with those big cards, I, w- I wouldn't be too into them right now. Uh, I, I would be really protective with your ace-10, your king-queen offsuits and stuff like that from early position. I'd muck them quite often. You have a couple, you have a couple different choices. You can forex it to try to get a heads up with somebody i think that's a fine strategy a lot of my peers don't think so but i you want to get heads up with big cards right uh and the big blind calls with anything these days so i don't think this is a bad strategy uh now with ace 10 king queen i'd probably just muck those still i would probably do that with like ace queen or something like that uh your options are that are just folding, and I think you should just fold most of those big card combinations. I think you should fold most of the dry aces. Uh, and the other thing I think that's really uh, interesting right now is 
I, I think, uh, what was it? There was one other thing I, w- I wanted to bring up here. It, what was it? it? When you're in live tournaments, I think also what really is getting people is they're flatting three bets too much. If you can be very disciplined versus three bets that are like 2.3x, 2.4x, 2.5x, everybody around you is going to be flatting them. If you, you, you should be passing on a lot of them, especially if you open a little weaker. Open a little tighter. And the, the other thing is uh, there's a lot of guys that are calling a lot on the turn but not on the river. This is something that makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. But you do have to triple barrel quite a bit more now. Uh, just because, like, if you come up with a board, like, let's say the board comes like King Jack 8. I'm trying to think of, like, a good example. Like, the board comes like King 7-4. You bet the guy calls. The turn comes at 10. He checks. You bet. He calls. In the old days, the 7 was folding there all the time. Nowadays, I don't think the 7-6 ever folds because everybody just assumes the turn bet is obligatory. So you have to fire on the river a lot of the time. I'd focused on those cat boards. Uh, a lot of times like 8-6-5 got 2 to a suit, something like, you know, something like that where the, you, the big question you've got to ask, your guy, ask yourself is, is this the guy that's going to fold top pair by the end? And is he really likely to have pop pair, right? So if he just flats you on a board where most people would have three-bet pre-flop with their big pairs, most people would have check-raised their sets, most people would have check-raised their two pairs, uh, most people would have raised their over pairs if they somehow got to them post-flop by just flatting, then he's got one pair, then you've got to ask what cards are bad for him, and then you've got to ask whether this is the type of guy that's going to fold. You're going to have to profile. Typically, older gentlemen are a little more likely to fold. Younger guys act like their penis gets shorter every single time they fold, so they're not as likely to do it. You know. And then, yeah, I mean, those are, uh, those are some quick tips. Uh, but the, the biggest tip I, I could say is just have fun. This is the best situation for you to be in. There's no way you lose. If you bust out really quickly, you've got a great learning experience, and you have Punta Cana uh, for a week. That was one tournament. I don't try to go to many live tournaments. I was really trying to go to that one. And not because everybody's like, oh, you go there for the party, uh, nightlife stuff. No, there's like UNESCO like heritage sites, right? And uh, it, there, you can see like where Columbus landed, you know. You can see some genocide if you want, if you want to see what he was actually doing. But you want to, if you want to see like the museums and like the old like there's like Italian villa, uh, style cities where uh, people set up that were when they were obviously conquering the place. And, uh, it, you know, there's a lot of history in that part of the world, and it's a very interesting part of the world to explore. And I think you could have a lot of fun out there. And if you get a chance, you know, maybe it's seven days in Punta Cana, but do try to go out to some other, uh, uh, do try to go out to some other places. There's a uh, but one place I heard that the locals really like is Plaza Plata, which is, uh, I, I guess, that's a little bit more, uh, that, that'll be more like local food, local people and stuff like that. You can check that out. And, uh, yeah, man, have a good time. Okay, and, yeah, just echo what Alex said. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy it. You know, who knows? We've had people on this show before message us in saying they qualified for something and, They've ended up final table in it, or you know, as we said before, someone won a bracelet at yeah, the World sure. Series this year. So yeah, good, good luck to you, and let let us know how it goes. Get back in touch with an email and let us know about your experience and how it went. Um, uh, that'll be that'll be cool. Uh, okay, Alex. Uh, next question. It's uh, one I was going to just send to Alex on his own, just to answer to the guy, 
privately through email, but I thought it's maybe um, important for some of our listeners as well. So I'm just going to read it out on the show. All right. And it is uh, from Yarek Paskowiak. Paskowiak, or let's see. Yarek Paskowiak. Uh, all right. Um, and it is, hi, I would like to buy Alex's webinars, but not all at once. Is there any chronology or uh, does it not matter? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Uh, I think there is a chronology. Uh, you can go back, uh, it, like why Pasegna was right was the first one. And that one was just answering the basic question, like what should you open with, right? And then uh, from after that point, there was you flat too much. And you flat too much is really interesting because that's what do you three bet with? And I think my theories behind both of those, if you watch those videos, they're really different than what you'll see on training videos, right? And I've never really had anybody come back and tell me this didn't help me. Uh, pretty much everybody who's seen the videos has said, oh my God, this is really helpful. And uh, after that, you flat too much, we go into blind defense, right? So why Ape Styles is right. Ape Styles, I did that webinar with him because a lot of the original, I, I felt like I came up with most of the stuff for the three betting and the opening, but Ape Styles was really doing his own work on big blind defense. So I brought him in to educate. And, you know, I did the, I, I did like the PowerPoint and everything, but he, he really, he, he tore it up, right? He had a, some amazing uh, content about blind defense and rejamming. And then uh, just as an extra for that lesson, he talked about big multi-shell bluffs he does, which is very, very interesting as you move up in stakes. Uh, after that, there's that's a check raise fool in dissecting the donk bet. Uh, it, it, the check raise and donk betting webinars, I think, are two of the most useful because it really shows you how to get, uh, how to save your big blinds when people are attacking you. And if you can save your big blinds, obviously that's a huge deal in tournament poker. And I cannot tell you how powerful I feel in poker tournaments knowing that check raise and a donk lead is always available to me. I never get tired of seeing the looks on people's faces when I call out of the big blind really quickly and then snap, throw out a donk bet, and they just kind of sit there staring, having no idea what to do, not realizing they just cap their range right there. Whereas because you don't do that awkward stare when you flop a set, right? You, you go like, oh, goody, right? Like he, he, but you do the kind of like slightly parted lips, like what the hell is that when you have like one pair or nothing, right? And uh, so anyway, that, that stuff and uh, all really applicable to online and live. Uh, after that, there's uh, the professional's mindset was – that was kind of uh, the professional's mindset in Master Poker with one hour a day were kind of uh, companion pieces because essentially what I found out, there's this phrase, uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but it's like to learn and not do is to never have learned at all. And I realized I'd given people tons of information, but I hadn't really given them a great way to like apply it. So the professional's mindset and master poker with one hour a day are the professional's mindset is a bunch about mentality. And that was probably our most controversial webinar because a lot of it, 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 it's funny because that was my favorite webinar to make because that's how I've made all my money. Right. And I talked a lot about currency leveraging. I rolled in a lot of the content that was supposed to be into like how to make money as a professional mm -hmm. poker player. There was a lot about currency leveraging. There was a lot about, 
Uh, I, I mean, there's a, there was a lot about like sleep, like how much sleep I got when I was coming up and stuff like that and just monetizing and how to make it in the industry and stuff like that. Some people thought it was the greatest thing they'd ever seen. Other people were expecting a poker webinar. Uh, I, I told them the whole time it was a psychology webinar. I have no idea why they thought that. But Master Poker with one hour a day is talking about all the specific ways I train myself, right? So there's a lot of different, there's a, it, there's a lot of different filters I use. There's a lot of different ways uh, you, you can replay hands. There's a lot of different ways you can analyze yourself. Uh, test your poker after that was, I wanted to make a product that was very much, essentially before you play poker, you want, yeah, you want to have a little bit of a warm up, right? So uh, you want to make sure you're not coming in cold. So I figured, wouldn't it be great if I had like a, a it, I, it, it works twofold. One thing is it's a five hour exam. It is a five hour exam. There's an answer sheet in all of that, right? And it is the hardest poker tournament exam I've ever put together. Some of the decision, every decision in there is very, like, you're going to have to think through it, right? And it's a really good simulation if you want to be a tournament professional, like going through this and asking yourself at the end, is this the type of exhaustion you want to face every single day, right? But more importantly than that, it's really good for just warming up. If you do five, 10 minutes every morning with like two of the questions and answers and listening, you know, work through them on your own. And then you go to your session, it's going to be months before you repeat a question. So it, all, all these webinars were super popular, but test your poker was really popular. A lot of people still get it. The free YouTube video I put out uh, demoing it, it has something like 3000 views, which I didn't publicize it at all, so that was all just word of mouth and people sharing it. So I really thank you guys for that. And then, uh, yeah, our new course that's going to be coming up, which is going to be five ninety nine ninety nine up until September 7th, I think is when we're going to be cutting that off. It originally was supposed to be September 1st, but I'm going to do a free webinar for everybody uh, to see kind of what the format's going to be like. And uh, I think this should be pretty fun. And uh, I'm going to be doing a free webinar, so be sure to sign up on PokerEdrush.com. And uh, it, you, what you can do is just go to the email sign up, put in it, and you'll get an email when that comes out. But yeah, essentially it's going to be $599.99, and that's going to be for a 10-week course. So it's going to be two hours every Saturday, and it's going to be 30 bucks an hour to work with me, one of the most prominent MTT coaches on earth. And it's going to be all about live poker. It's going to be about because I have reams of notes and I've always wanted to do a live poker webinar. And I, I kept shying away from it because I was like, this is going to be a four or five hour webinar, right? Then it just hit me finally, like, why don't we do it like a class? So I opened Assassinato University, which means I went on Fiverr and I paid some lady in Pakistan 30 bucks to make me a logo. And I called myself a university, you know, probably still a little bit more professional than Trump University. But yeah, it was a... Uh, it's going to be a really good time. I can't wait. I've been telling people this in emails and I fully mean it. I've never looked forward to working this hard uh, ever in my life just because I love the two hour classes because everybody has about an hour and 40 minutes of attention span, right? That, that tends to be, there's a reason why movies are about an hour, 30 minutes, hour, 40 minutes, right? With their circadian rhythms or whatever the heck people say. I think that's and there's a reason why this podcast is an hour. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, if there's a, essentially most people, are, I, what I'm going to do with every thing is there's going to be an hour and 30 minutes, hour and 40 minutes of content. And then I'm just going to be there for at least 20 minutes to do question and answer. But sometimes longer. I like hanging out with you guys. I mean, it's really hard for me to do it on individual emails and stuff like that. Uh, but all of you guys who sign up, I want to be there to like help with your live hands. So you can bring your live hands, you can bring your questions and, you know, I'll take the time, you know, if I got to run somewhere, I got to run somewhere, but a lot of times that won't be the case, you know, and, uh, you know, we're going to get it done. It's going to be a good time. So yeah. Uh, hope that gives you a chronology. And if you write me, uh, at Alex at pokerhedrush.com, we can, uh, you know, uh, officially the deal's over for all the webinars, but, you know, we can, you know, just write me and we'll try to figure out something. I just got to talk to the other people that made them and we got to agree on a price because they do sell at the regular price, uh, a lot of them. So a lot of times, you know, obviously if you only have like one product out or two products out, you don't really want to come down on the price. But, you know, I can talk to them and we can figure something out if you... Because I know some of you guys don't have $900 or whatever it is to get everything. So, yeah, I uh, uh, hope that helped you and answered all your questions. Yeah, and it's, it's, I thought it was an interesting question because when you do have a lot of content out there and a lot of webinars and stuff, so rather than just uh, email the guy, I thought a few other listeners would take, you know, some information yeah, from sir. that. Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate thinking you. thinking about uh, uh, when you said I was going to send this to you personally, I was like, are you going to reveal someone's debt amount again, Barry? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, we took that out last year. I bet you did. Out. I bet you did. Yeah. No, that was, uh, oh, man, my God, that was funny. That was, <laughs> if you could please not read this out and then Barry's voice, you know, and his accent, <laughs> crap, you know. <laughs> and then, yeah, that was pretty funny. And Anyway, uh, let's go oh. to the next one. We're stacked with yeah. content today. Yeah, next one is, I'm trying to see where we'll go. We'll go for this one. It is from Darren. Uh, Hi, guys. I'm a full-time MTT player. I play six days a week and usually 10 hours minimum. I've let my health slide for too long now. I've been trying to get out running again, but I just don't have the energy. I know you've both talked about issues with your weight, etc. I start up doing it for maybe five days or a week or two and then slide back to normal, which is doing nothing. I'm never going to train every day or eat just rabbit food, so looking for a realistic solution. Awesome. No, I think I can help you with this. I, uh, there's a book I'd really recommend reading called Fitness Confidential. I think we talked about this a couple of podcasts back, so I'll just be brief. But essentially, Fitness Conf- Confidential is if you could get a really good trainer drunk and get him to talk crap about everything in the fitness industry, it would be this book. Do not expect it to be a very formulaic book. The guy's kind of an oversexed, weird Italian dude, but he's hilarious. I don't know why I read... Normally, like, hyper-arrogant people drive me nuts, but just the guy's so official about his work, and he's so... It's obvious he loves what he does, and that, for some reason to me, that I really like reading about that, just anyone who's really passionate about their work, right? And he talks about how much he enjoys, you know, it, with his work, he gets to work out with other people all day and he gets to help people lose weight. And one of the things he said in that book is what you're talking about with rabbit food is like he hates diets because he was like, what mammal on earth starves itself, right? There's not really a mammal on earth that can do that. 
Could you imagine the lion with the young going, don't eat that kid? You know, what really uh, you want to do is just make sure you're putting in better fuel. So what he recommends, which is pretty controversial, is he says cut out grains and sugar. Now, what I've understood from listening to him on his podcast and stuff like that, what he really means is cut out white grains, just white bread and stuff like that. Just what it does is it gives you a glycemic rush, I think is what they call it. And then, uh, you know, it just gives you a huge crash. Uh, and you can cut out carbs completely when you're, I mean, not carbs completely, but grains completely when you're trying to lose weight and it won't do much of anything, but just like you shouldn't keep the Atkins diet your entire life. You know, it's, you should incorporate a little grains later. And the other thing was stay away from sugar, right? If you can stay and there's sugar on everything. It's it's amazing. Well, I ordered like yesterday, I took, uh, I took my mom to the movies and we go to this, like, uh, I I don't know. It was like a burger place, but it also had like, uh, it, it, it had chicken and steak and stuff like that. So I ordered a chicken and steak meal thinking like, okay, cool. I'm getting some meat. Right. And, uh, it comes in and it's just lathered in barbecue sauce. And then just dawns on me, barbecue sauce must have a ton of sugar. Because it tastes yeah. amazing, right? Like, and then I was like, well, you know, whatever. At least I tried, right? But, like, uh, yeah, just staying away from white grains, potatoes, stuff like that. But something I've been doing, I've lost 17 pounds since the WSOP. And that was with, I put back on some weight when I went to Pittsburgh. Because, you know, it's like you're going out with uh, all the people after the show, and it's like, are you really going to be on your diet right now? Or are you going to, you know what I mean? Like, just, you know, hang out with the people or whatever, right? And, you know, I, you know, it's the other thing that guy says in the book is like, look, if you're out with people and, like, they order a pizza, you know, don't be that weird dude who says, I need a salad. Just eat the pizza, but don't, you know, don't do it every day. That's the big thing, right? He's like, don't create this weird stigma around food, right? It's just like the kids you tell, like, it's really weird, like the born again Christians, like that, that that tell their kids like don't have sex. If you have sex, you're going straight to hell. That kid develops a very weird obsession with sex. Whereas if you just tell your kid like, hey, wrap it up if you do it, buddy. But it's probably better if you wait a little bit because you're a little, a little too young to manage the emotions. Strangely, that kid's a little more balanced because there's not this weird stigma around it. And yeah, don't yeah. you know? Try to. I've lost 17 pounds. I've worked out the last three days in a row, and in a weird way, I feel like I need to, right? Like, I'm about to go to this uh, park afterward and hang out with a buddy. I don't know if we were, we were thinking about it. Well, we're probably not going to. We we're going to play soccer, and I'm, but I'm totally uh, – I know. it's uh, God help me. He, that's the only <laughs> game they want to play around here. But I thought it'd be fun just seeing if I could, you know, because it, it's a free roll for me. If I score a goal, the Americans scored a goal. If I screw up, you know, I'm American. Who cares, right? Remember, you can't touch it with your hands unless you're. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just spike it in the goal after yeah. I run it in. <laughs> go yes, but no, yeah. uh, but I mean, like, I totally feel like I have enough energy to work out again today, and that would be four days in a row. When I was having, like, for a while, I was eating a very Costa Rican diet, which was a ton of rice, a ton of beans, and I just felt like garbage every day with all that, uh, all that white starch, all that white grain, and I couldn't, when I ran, I kind of felt like I'm getting really old, like what the hell, I'm 27, and I can't run now, right, and uh, 
that was really, that was a really hard time for me. And it was making me really depressed because when I was a kid, I could eat anything and I still had energy to go run. Right. And, uh, if anything, like, like my metabolism, I think burns a little slower than most people. So, which was a disadvantage, but it became pretty cool when I could run 10 miles and I felt like I still had calories to burn. Right. And that was kind of like a big joy in my life. And then it was just gone one day. I just couldn't do it. And now, you know, I'm working out, th- I've worked out three days in a row. And I think it's because they do this thing where it's like, uh, red meat is bad for you. It's like, well, if all you eat is red meat, yeah. But like, you do need some red meat. It brings your testosterone up as a male, right? And I think about all these years I've been eating like simple chicken dishes and stuff like that. And it's like, no wonder I felt like a corpse. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you do need some red meat. You do need, you know, I do, I do eat a lot of chicken. I do. I eat a lot of chicken. I eat a lot of beans and stuff like that. But yeah, I've lost 17 pounds. I feel amazing. It's starting to become harder to lose the weight because I think I got through like the really crap weight and stuff like that. Yeah, the initial like water retention. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But at the same time, I'm not putting on weight even like when, you know, I go out with people and they like, oh, let's get a pizza. It's like, all right, let's get a pizza, right? Or, uh, you know, I don't seem to be putting on weight like I used to. The other thing is, uh, okay, running, if running bores you, don't run. You know, that's, a, that's one of those things. Like, you just need to move around. If uh, it, it, Trisha Cardner has a really wonderful part in her book called Peak Pro- Poker Performance, where they're discovering your brain actually in a process called neurogenesis. Your brain can actually create new neurons if you exercise every day. What was emphasized in the book is it's like 20 minutes of moderate exercise a day it can just be walking right if you're not doing any movement what you should be doing is just you know get some uh you know get get audible get some books on recording and listen to them while you're walking right you'll probably or listen to a podcast you think is funny or something like that and just walk around if that's not really you know one of my buddies he's not really into running but he plays tennis he played tennis a lot growing up so he just goes and plays pickup matches down at a local park we have here, right? Uh, you know, I know another person who really hates uh, running or anything like that but loves swimming, so they go swimming, right? You just you pick something. But, I mean, people have a real lack of respect for the human animal. The human animal, if you put your dog in a house all day, all, uh, you know what I mean, you would, uh, you would expect your dog to get depressed, right? I'm actually super worried about my dog's. Because for the last couple of days, I haven't been able to walk them because it keeps pissing down rain. I'm doing all my workouts at the gym. But, like, you know, it's funny because I have these dogs and it's like for three days they haven't been able to walk. And I'm starting to see them get anxious and kind of run around a little bit more and get depressed when they can't move around. And then it occurred to me there were weeks I didn't run when I was, like, really bad in my depression. You know what I mean? And, by the way, I'm a yeah. much bigger animal that needs to move around a lot more. Like they do have some, uh, they do have some square footage here when they get out to the lawn, right? They can move around a bit. I can't run around in my lawn. I'll be running into a garage at some point if I start trying to do that. Right. So it's, uh, I, I think the big thing is I think switching your fuel. And by the way, when you do that, when you switch to like in the morning, have like eggs and bacon, cook it. And, uh, I've been doing that in, like I eat eggs and bacon in the morning. I'm like really full through the rest of the day. The the point the guy makes in his book is it, you can't eat that much of like the meat and stuff like that. Yeah. Like bacon's not that good for you, but 
not many people can eat more than two strips with two eggs, right? Because you become satiated. Whereas if you get the bag of Doritos, like it can be a two pound bag of Doritos, you'll be watching football on the screen, American, our European version. And 45 minutes later, you'll be like, where the hell did that two pound bag go? Mm. And you're still not full. You're still not full. Yet you could eat the smallest piece of steak. You could eat the smallest slab of fish and you'll be satiated. Right. And that's the big thing is just switching it to fish, red meat, chicken, sausage, cheese, eggs. This kind of stuff is in lots of fruit. That's the other thing. Want to get your carbohydrates? Get it from fruit, apples, bananas, stuff like that. Right. Get lots of veggies so you can get those antioxidants in to fight the metric ton of meat you're going to have coming in. And like, by the way, before anybody writes in, I've read the omnivores dilemma and I've heard that guy interviewed and I know. We're all supposed to be eating plant products and looking comatose and limping throughout the streets. I know that's the recent, you know, if I was a Harvard researcher or whatever this guy is, and I had to work three hours and 20 minutes a day too, I'm sure that's what I would eat. But since I have to work 12 hours a day, I need some fuel and I get my fuel from meat and I feel a lot better and I'm working out a lot more and I'm losing weight. So, you know, and be sure to incorporate the grains back in once you cut a lot of the weight. I, I think that's the part. Vinny Tortorich doesn't really bring that up in the book, and he really brings that up in the podcast, which is, you know, if you're going to bring in grains, bring in the brown rice and stuff like that. And he doesn't really bring that up in the book because I get the idea he might have been sauced the entire time he was write, writing the book. But, like, it's, a, it's amazing. I mean, the way he, he, he talks about gyms and how they screw you. He talks about fitness products and how they screw you. Well, and he talks about he knows – the people who make those fitness products, right, like Gatorade and Powerbar and all that crap, they don't want to make you healthy because once you're healthy, you don't want their products anymore, right? So there's a crap ton of sugar and stuff like that in there for a reason. He goes, the funniest thing is you watch these people who run ultra marathons, right? And they're like casual people. And uh, they just want to, you know, people that don't like run marathons for a living. And the funniest thing is they'll complete this 52-mile race with a beer belly as they cross the finish line. And that's because in their two, three months of training before, they've been eating power bars and drinking Gatorade. And it's all just sugar and crap that goes into your system, where a lot of the guys, you know, uh, in, in the carb load is like, you know, and a lot of people bring up like the pasta carb load, right? Like before I played American football, it was like, get, get some pasta, right? Get the carb load. Well, if you're going to go out and, you know, run full speed into another human being for four hours, by all means, drink some Gatorade and eat some pasta. If you're going to go for a 50-minute run down Abbey Road, no, I don't think that you're going to need that much refreshment, right? Just drink some water. Or another thing I like to do, drink, a, drink an espresso shot or drink a cup of black coffee like 20 minutes before you run, right? Make sure you can urinate it out so you don't have to do it on your run. But there's a lot of studies now that say that's good for you. Right. Try to make it uh, try to make it a little bit better. But you got to realize, like, man, it, it doesn't matter how much money you're going to make from MTTs if you're not alive to see it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like in uh, I've been really at the WSOP. I saw a picture of myself and then I saw a picture of myself from the last year's WSOP and I was looking really sickly and I really did not like it. And which was weird because I didn't feel bad. I felt pretty energetic. Right. But I was like, well, evidently your body's not getting the memo, right? You're, you're not doing that good, buddy. And then once I switched to this diet, like my energy went into overdrive, right? So I, I'd really recommend uh, going into that. Lots of fruits too, lots of veggies, lots of antioxidants. Bring it in. 
Let's get it done, gentlemen. Yeah, All right. See, that's the problem. Eh? I put on weight, but I just seem to look sexier and more handsome. <laughs> It's because of the amount. Of, it's because all my weight is red meat. I look so like healthy, you know, <laughs> like a fat pharaoh or something. You know? Yeah, right. Man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I totally. I'm trying myself just now as well. In the last couple of weeks, I've lost like seven, eight pounds. So nice, man. I'm going to try, try to keep up, get a bit weight off. I'm going to Vegas in October, so did, did you I've got like fizzy four, juice. Yeah, cut that. But basically, the biggest thing for me is the takeaway. Just cooking more myself in the house rather than. For I live off takeaways and restaurants and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that was, you know, I'm really glad you brought that up. Like, the last time my mom was here, we ordered takeout, like, twice a day, right? Because I didn't have time to cook. And yeah. uh, I just said, you know what, dude? You know, you got time to cook. Make make the time, right? If you got to work a little later, you got to work a later. And I realized, like, what Tim Ferriss said, you can be working a lot and still being lazy, Right. I was wasting a lot of time on inane crap I didn't need to be wasting my time on. And, yeah, I just started cooking for myself, like going to the grocery store and getting really good stuff, cooking a lot of, like, my favorite thing to cook is, like, chicken salads, right? Like, just make a ton of chicken, ton of salad. And, you know, you can get, like, really good dressings, you know what I mean, that don't have a ton of sugar or anything. They have the fat that actually gives you energy, right, and not a ton of it. But, yeah, you put that in, it's like, oh, this is amazing. And then, yeah. Oh, by the way, when you do this diet on day four, you're going to feel like you're close to death. Then f- day five, day six, your body kind of kicks in. And uh, it's just when you're cutting out like grains and all those glycemic rushes, your body really does not like it. Right. And then. Uh, uh, it, so did you cut out the fizzy juice like totally? Well, I, I didn't I didn't totally cut. I just cut down on it and not as much. And naturally, I'm drinking more water and stuff. Good, and good. Yeah. Just a bit more conscious with stuff. And it's always a work in progress. You know, you got to, for me, the cooking's not the problem. It's actually going to a shop and buying all the stuff. Yeah, it's That's, a pain, dude. So what I do now is I just start the week, just go on a Monday, buy it. And I buy enough to get me to the Friday. And then at the weekend, if I want to have like takeaways or what, I can do what I want and then just and it's worked out just now, so we'll see how much, you know, see how I can keep going. You know, yeah, I, I know what you mean, man. I'm having a hard time managing the refrigerator. Like, like, I bought some salmon while I was out there the other day, and I was, like, really looking forward to some salmon, and I just didn't cook it for a couple days. And then, yeah, it just, it goes bad, right? And it's stuff it's like... Been in it. I know, that really pisses me off. Oh, man, yeah. that was, well, I was infuriated, right? Because it was just like, oh, my God, this was, you know, and it was totally my fault. Because, it, but I mean, yeah, like managing a kitchen, managing, well, and then you got to do the prep and then you got to cook and then you got to clean and then, you know, that all takes time, right? So it's a, it is an investment, but once you start feeling a lot better, it's like, wow, this is really yeah, worth, worth it. it. I mean, yeah. even, even if you get like eight to 10 pounds, like the difference is crazy, you know, it is I've crazy. got a lot of weight to lose, you know, but it's even that little bit off, you just feel better and it's momentum. You keep it going. I mean. I've lost crazy weight before, like years ago, and I, I gotta do it again. So I'm in the process. You will do it, man. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Um, okay, Alex. Uh, we're gonna end there because the next one we're not gonna go into, and uh, we gotta do your plugs as well. So people are know the chronology now. Your web. <laughs> so, uh, for people that wanna buy a webinar, one or two, or the whole shebang, and also get your book, etc. How can people get involved with that, and how can people get in touch with you? Uh, be sure to sign up, guys, to America's Card Room through our link. Get get 27% breakback. Support the people that support us. 
Uh, we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, these guys have been really cool. Uh, you know, just about, I mean, there's no rule that we get to do this every week. You know, I mean, both Barry and I are pretty busy guys. So, I mean, I really appreciate y'all writing in and saying like, oh, I'm doing great on ACR because it is a pretty soft site. And I want to hear that, you know, that you guys are doing well when you sign up. So, you know, keep grinding, keep shining, keep, keep looking good out there. Keep using everything we're talking about here. And then, uh, yeah, write me at Alex at PokerEdrush.com if you guys got questions about anything. Uh, you know, do give me some time to get back to you. And so, forgive me if I'm really brief, but usually there's quite a few email messages and there's no assistant or anything now. It's just me. Like, my assistants handle other things now, right? And uh, it, there's uh, also be, be sure to go to PokerEdrush.com and sign up for the email newsletter. Uh, we did, uh, we're updating that site a little bit now. It's still kind of, my website is not the most gorgeous thing on planet earth, but it is all right. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of stuff going on there. You can check out the latest rap battles. You can check out, uh, you know, new book reviews and movie reviews if you guys are into that. And then there's also links to everything that's going on. Check out my YouTube channel. You can check out the free, uh, webinar that Barry's linking in this episode and then right underneath, there will be a button to subscribe to Assassin Hour Coaching. Be sure to check that out. I do a lot of video blogs and stuff like that. Uh, some people really seem to enjoy those. A lot of uh, other people are writing me emails like, I've been reading your blog for 27 years, and now it's gone. I don't know what to do with myself. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'll bring back the writing a little bit later. But, yeah, so when I'm just, you know, I'm running, running around, things are so nuts these days. You know, I'm just... I'm trying to like get in front of a computer and talk a bit and be done with it, you know, and then, but yeah, you know, check out all that stuff, uh, all that good stuff, you know, sign up for card runners, use promo code free month, all capital letters to get two months access to 2000 plus videos for just $30 and then $30 a month after that. And, uh, yeah, I got some new videos coming out on cardrunners.com. Uh, so be sure to check that out. I'm sure there's 17 other things I need to plug, but I'm going to let you all off the hook right now. Write me. If you want to get a deal on some webinars, I'll hook it up. Peace. Okay, and until next week, keep your questions coming in to Alex, questions at oneouter.com, or tweet them, or post them in the Facebook group, and we will get them read out on the next show, or an upcoming show, depending on backlogs and lists and various notes I've got on my desk of people with questions, but we do get to everyone eventually, so uh, keep them coming in. Thanks for listening, and as Alex mentioned, if you don't already have an America's Cardroom uh, account, set up one with clicking on one of the ads or banners on com, and lots of positive feedback on the site, and it's a great place to play. Alex plays there as well, and so do I as well on occasion, and um, that's saying something in terms of the amount of poker I play recently. <laughs> so uh, sign up, sign up, and keep your questions coming in for Alex. Until next week, thanks for listening, and cheers. Take care, guys. OSS Cubed. Gigantic. A monster. Enormous. Behemoth. The OSS Cubed gets underway on Sunday, August 14th, and it's bringing to the table a whopping $4.5 million in guarantees over four weeks. Yep, that's $4.5 million. Our most exciting endeavor yet, with three massive main events. It all adds up to 141 online poker events with something for everyone. There's also a combined leaderboard that will award four all-inclusive packages, $4,900 value each, to the 2016 Punta Cana Poker Classic, and it's waiting for you at America's Card Room.